be um, having a wonderful discussion. And it's going to be with our father and our mother. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to give them a round of applause and a standing ovation. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Daddy and mommy, you are welcome. And please, you can have your seats. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I know that this is going to be very wonderful. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So as, as we said last week, we know that there are lots of misgivings about relationship. People have a lot of misconceptions about marriage, about love. And today, I mean, we have one of the best couples in the world. <laughs> Amen. And they are going to speak to us. We have Pastor Philip and Pastor Amy. Amen. And, and they've been married for almost a decade. Hallelujah. They have a wealth of experience to share with us. And I believe there are so many lessons that we are going to learn from them. Amen. Amen. So we, we are going to look... Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the charade. So we realized that the last charade we had was about um, Rebecca and Isaac. Amen. So today we are going to learn about how um, Rebecca was, was brought to Isaac. Amen. And we are going to glean certain lessons from that. Amen. So we are going to read from Genesis chapter 24 from verse 12 to 23. Amen. And from that, we are going to ask our daddy and our mommy certain questions and we are going to learn from them. Amen. Amen. I'm really honored to be the one interviewing them. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So we read them. Genesis chapter 24, verse 12, 23. Amen. Please, can we have it on the screen? Okay. And he said... O oh Lord God of oh my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show me kindness unto my master Abraham. Please, the next verse. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. This is my request. Give me a drink from your, from your jug. If she says, I will give drink to your camels too. Let her be the one. Let her be the one you have chosen. Amen. Amen. So based on this, we want to ask Pastor and Mama Amy that what is the role of prayer when it comes to choosing a life partner? Because we realize that some people say that, I mean, Marriage is more physical than spiritual. So, I mean, you have to look at the physical things and not be focused too much on prayer and the spiritual aspect. So, we want to find out what's the role of prayer. And is prayer really important when it comes to choosing a life partner? Amen. Think ladies first. So, we'll ask my baby to go. <laughs> okay, daddy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Um, I mean, it's... It's a joy to see everybody here today, amen, and online as well. And thank you, Elder Marilyn, for the question. The place of prayer when it comes to marriage, it can't be underestimated. You see, 
The thing about prayer is, as we all know, basically, prayer is communication with God. Because marriage is an institution that God puts in place, the best person to consult or the best person to ask, especially for your life partner, is definitely God. Sometimes when people hear prayer, they have this formal viewpoint of prayer. They think prayer, they see prayer as very formal. But when you recognize that God is your father, and in a sense, God is also the one who made you, and he loves you, and he cares about you. So when you are making such an important decision, or you are taking such a crucial step, it matters that you respectfully consult your maker and ask him to show you the way he should show you who he should show you even how to go about the relationship yes so that's how i'll answer amen so as, as mama Amy said she said that god is our maker i believe god loves all of us and he knows what is best for us and i believe that god wants us to have fruitful and enjoyable marriages so I'm sure once you put God in a picture, he's going to guide you just like the way he guided Eliezer. Amen. 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 And we realize that, um, I'll read further from the scripture. He said that when he was praying, he was very specific. And he said that, this is how I will know that you have chosen. So, sorry, he said that, this is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says yes, have a drink and I will water your camels too. Let her be the one you have selected as Isaac's wife. This is how I will know that you have shown unfailing love to my master. So we realized that he, he was very specific in what he was asking for. And there were certain attributes or certain character traits that he was looking out for by asking for those things. So we want to find out from pastor that in looking for a life partner, what are some of the things that you should look out for? Or some of the things, red flags, or some of the things that you should focus on? Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you very much, Marilyn. And um, I'm happy to have this opportunity to share the word of God. And I want to greet everybody. Amen. Amen. I trust that God is going to help us in this uh, season of Valentine. And uh, Amen. like I said, Valentine is, is a time of love. It's a time that people specifically guy-lady relationship. That's what a lot of people are interested in in the time of Valentine. And for us, God wants us to learn the right thing so that we can go according to his prescribed method. So in this account that um, Elder Merlin read for us, we see Eliezer, Abraham sending his servant Eliezer to go and get a bride for Isaac. And um, he, Eliezer had a specific request, like you said, and it was more of the person who would give him water to drink. And not just give him water to drink, but would also give water to all his camels. I, from this, we can see that in, for, for guys, in looking out for a lady, a lot of people, when they are looking out for a lady, they look out for a lady. They, are, they want a lady that has a Coca-Cola shape. They want a lady that has big breasts, a lady that has big buttocks, a lady that is shapey. You know, those are the qualities that they look out for. But the, the truth of the matter is that in marriage, all these things would fade. And the important thing that you need in, as you need from a wife, is a wife that is submissive, a wife that is diligent, a wife that is hardworking, a wife that has good character. What good is it to marry somebody with big breasts and buttocks and the person doesn't respect you? (laughs) 
and the person is insulting you. I know somebody that I and I know it's a real thing. I know somebody that you know she 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 had the shape, she had the body, and you know what she could do to her husband? She could carry her husband and drop him on the floor. <laughs> and I know another guy a married man also he had a beautiful wife but can I tell you something the wife never allowed him to have sex with her when he wants to have sex with her the wife says no the wife says that she's going to work the wife says she doesn't have time for it so, of what use is it? I know somebody also. He married a sexy wife. And the wife was sleeping with other men instead of him. So, what we need, what we need as men, I'm telling you, is a woman that is submissive. A woman that has character. A woman that is diligent. And a woman that fears God. That's what you have to pray for. When you get a woman like that, you have gotten the whole world. And for me, when I was about to choose my wife, you know what attracted me to choose my wife? I'll tell you. You know, at that time, we were, we were students on campus, we were doing the work of the ministry and all that. And I saw that she was very hospitable. I saw that, you know, when, when, we, when we go for programs and things, she'll be, she'll be serving, she'll be moving up and down. She'll also be singing in the choir. She was working hard. And I sat back and I looked and I said, Ah! This is a woman that fears God. This is a woman that is hospitable. This is a woman that is diligent. And I said, this is the one I'm going after. And I thank God that I went after her. <laughs> and I really have answered your question. So, so Eliezer prayed for a woman that is God-fearing, that is diligent, that is hardworking, that had character. And as men, that is what we have to look out for. Amen. Okay. Um, Mamaimi, please, I'll be asking you um, what we ladies should look out for in a man. But before I come to you, um, Pastor, please, um, I'd like to find out, does it mean that the physical aspect has no place? Because, I mean, some say that you have to be physically attracted to the person. Because apart from all those attributes, if you're not physically attracted to the person, maybe you can't really flow with the person. So I'd like to know whether the physical aspect has no place at all. In, in choosing. <laughs> 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 Hallelujah. Alright, the physical, it's, it, it matters. First of all, there's a scripture still in that place. The Bible tells us, verse 16, if you can give me verse 16, uh, the message translation. It described Rebecca. And it said that Rebecca, let's all, it says that the girl, that's Rebecca, where we are reading, was stunningly beautiful. And she was a pure Virgin. Wow. 
Wow. Stunningly beautiful. <laughs> she was stunningly beautiful and she was a pure virgin. So what I'll say is that, you know, man is, as human beings, we have our spirit, soul, and body. You know, so we have our spirit, soul, and body. And so when you are choosing a life partner, you must first start with the spirit, the inside, the spirit. So it must be somebody who is God-fearing. That's number one. Then you look at the soul also. The soul refers to the person's temperament, the person's personality. You must also be attracted to that person's temperament and personality. And then the third thing you look out for is a person's outward physique, outward character, outward beauty. That's the third thing that you look out for. And I would add that, uh, so the, your focus should be, be first of all, the person's spirit, secondly, the person's soul, and third, the person's body. Now, the Bible tells us that the girl was stunningly beautiful. So the lessons we learned is that both the ladies and the gentlemen, you see, we have to also make ourselves beautiful and handsome. Wow, amen. <laughs> so as you focus on the spirit, you develop your soul, at least decide to look good, decide to dress well. There are some of the guys that, you know, they want a life partner, but they always have body order. You see that the girls will not like you. <laughs> there, there, there are some guys that they are always, they pray a lot, but they have bad breath. When they go and propose to the lady, the lady will run away. So it's good to be prayerful, but brush your teeth, use deodorant, use, use perfume. Dress well, dress neat. You get what I'm saying? And the same with the ladies also. That it's good to be hardworking. It's good to have a good character and all that. And then the ladies must still also dress well, dress neatly. You know, if I'm permitted, dress fashionably. There are some ladies, when you pass by them, their hair is hot and smelling. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Help us, Lord. You feel the heat from the hair. <laughs> you get me? But ladies must look be beautiful also. So, Adam Merlin, your, your question, to answer your question, it's important. But the focus, first of all, must be the spirit. The second one, the soul. And the third one, the body. So we must not neglect the outside also. We must look well. We must look neat. We must be well-groomed. We must dress well. We must smell good and all that. Amen. Thank you very much. We are learning a lot. Amen. Amen. Not just about the spiritual aspects, but also look good. Amen. Amen. So, Mamemi, please, we would like to find out from the ladies how, uh, what are some of the things that we should look out for in a man. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you, Pastor, for all that you've shared. Um, I know that for ladies, as much as possible, they want a man who is decisive, a man who has leadership um, a man who can lead the home or the relationship can take initiative, okay? And, of course, a man who loves her. In being loving, we want patient men. Amen. Patient because women can be some ways. We don't even understand ourselves. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby. Yes. Thank you. So, we need when our men or the men in our lives are patient with us, okay, Amen. and they don't easily get angry at us. We also need it when they are kind. Odokakra, sikakakra. 
Galatine is coming. <laughs> but you know, there's some. It's not because the woman is um, materialistic, but it's just um, the Bible says that let not your love be in word only, but indeed also. <laughs> And, and when we say deed, it doesn't necessarily mean money. Sometimes quality time. Sometimes it's acts of service. When you know the love language, sometimes it's acts of service. You want the man to take you to some place, work with you, pray with you, talk with you, help you with chores. I mean, it's nice when you are washing the dishes and he's rinsing or you're washing and he's drying the things <laughs> wow 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 these or, are the things <laughs> you're chopping the onion he's stirring the stew wow. preach preach <laughs> i mean let's do it together all right and we also like it when the men have self-control because some because the men are stronger the men may, may be stronger in terms of like physique, but actually when it comes to the areas of sex and intimacy, women, we are actually stronger. Because a woman is like, somebody likened a woman to a, um, an electric cooker, and a man is like a gas stove, like part womb, like... <laughs> hey, wow. <laughs> like literally... I mean, a man can easily be turned on, but for a woman, it takes time. Like an electric, it would take time. Uh, so when you are in a relationship, we want the men to have self-control. We know that God has made us very beautiful. And maybe when we wear our blouse, you can see our breasts nicely inside. I mean, but we are not yet married, so I can't open up for you to see. Do you get it? Not like as that's that's how much we know you love us, but we just want you to have self control to wait. Wow. Okay, so wow. I think I, there are a number of things, but if we can be patient and kind and and have self control, <laughs> I believe it's 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 some of the things that would help in the relationship, among wow. other things. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mama Amy. Um. <laughs> I believe we are learning a lot. Amen. We are learning a lot. Amen. So, um, Pastor and Mamemi, we would like to find out. We realize that um, Abraham sent Eliezer to go and look for a wife for Isaac, which means that he felt that um, his son was of age to get a bride or a wife. So, we would like to find out when is the right time to enter into a relationship or when is the right time to decide to court someone or to get married. Amen. For both the men and then the ladies. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you very much for the question. I would say that the right time is when one is matured. Uh, when one is, is matured spiritually, one is matured emotionally, one is matured mentally, one is matured physically, and one is matured financially. You know, so first of all, one is matured spiritually, meaning that before one enters a relationship that will lead to marriage, the person must have a strong relationship with God, Amen. both the guy and the lady. So, guys, don't go and don't enter a relationship with a lady that uh, she's, she doesn't have a, a proper relationship with God. And ladies, don't go out to the guy that 
you know, he, he's, he doesn't, he's, he's not a strong Christian. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You know, and then, so that's the, that's the spiritual maturity. Then emotional maturity. You know, there are some, there are some people that, um, they are jealous. You know, they are, if they see someone, if you are going out with a lady or a guy and if you are talking to another person, the person is jealous. Why are you talking to this person? He's not emotionally mature or she's not emotionally mature. You get me? The person is struggling with insecurity, inferiority. The person has issues. So it's not the right time. The person is not yet ready. So there must be emotional maturity. There must also be financial maturity. Yeah, very important. When you read the account, Eliza, I was looking at it. Eliza brought treasures to Rebecca and Rebecca's family. So, if for a guy to enter a relationship and a relationship that will lead to marriage, the person must be must have some kind of financial maturity. Okay. Somebody that his parents are still taking care of him. The person is not ready for marriage. Wow. The person is not ready for a relationship. Wow. Somebody who is a student and every week or every month, the father or mother or guardian is sending him school fees. He has no business going to propose to a lady. Wow. <laughs> so, 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 those who are students... And your father, your mother, your guardian is sending you school fees. Don't go and propose to a lady. I'm talking directly to the camera. Those watching online and those here. Also, don't go and propose to a lady. You have no business proposing to a lady. When your father is... You, every morning you go, daddy, give me money for transport. You are asking your father for money for transport. You are going to propose to a lady. How can you send a lady to Kempinski? So, financial maturity is also important. You know, so, I would say that um, it, it's spiritual maturity, emotional maturity, financial maturity, mental maturity also. So, both the guy and the lady, you know, there are some people, you, they don't know anything. They don't know anything. Both the guys and the ladies, they are not ready for relationship and marriage. So, that's what I will say is the criteria. And, and that is, it does not necessarily depend on age. People that they are, they are 40 years, but they are not financially mature. They are not ready. So somebody can be 25. 25 years is spiritually mature, financially mature, emotionally mature, mentally mature. The person is ready for relationship. Okay. Somebody can be 40. He's not mature. He's not ready for relationship. So wow. you must be able to know, the guys must be able to know when a lady is mature, spiritually, emotionally, financially, mentally. And the ladies also must be able to notice when this guy is mature spiritually, emotionally, financially, mentally. And then they are ready for relationship. Wow. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. But maybe, please, do you have anything to add? Okay. 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 So we, we realize from further from the scripture, it says that, um, okay, let me just read. It says, Then at last, when the camels had finished drinking, he took out a gold ring for her nose and two large gold bracelets for her wrists. Whose daughter are you? He said. And please tell me, would your father have any room to put us up for the night? Amen. So he realized that after he, he realized that his, his prayer had been answered, he went ahead and then he put some gold um, jewelry on her. So we want to find out... Um, what is the place, what is the role of that um, Gesha or, or in our present times, how does that play out? 
in terms of maybe giving, what, what, what does it signify? In terms of giving a gold ring or a gold bracelet, a gold necklace to the bride or to the wife. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. So right now in our social media age, I've seen a certain trend where people, I mean, people are giving other people pressure. But if you can afford it, that's fine. When people are proposing, hey, have you seen some of the videos? Like just proposal video of like a whole, maybe a flower garden with, but it's just to make the ceremony nice. But the most important thing is that when a man is ready for a woman, there's the right thing to be done. The man has to go to the woman's family with treasures. Amen. Usually it's a token because you, you, you can't buy the woman. So you just show the family requests for some items just to show that um, this is what is happening. And even prior to that, there's a knocking so that when the family members see the guy in the house, the guy has come to knock that, please, I'll be coming to this house often. And I am bringing these drinks and a token to the man of the house that when you see me here, this is my mission. And the flip side is, it is also to be a warning that, so if you see any other guy around, I am the one who has come to knock officially so that you know why, I mean, the relationship is, where the relationship is going. So these are tokens, but I believe they are very important. And that's how come it's advisable for ladies not to take um, gifts from different guys because then they feel a certain, they feel like uh, you like them and they have a certain expectation from you. So as much as possible, let's not entertain guys we are not interested in. Some people, they just want to spend the guy's money, you know, but men know how to get their pound of flesh. If you take their money, they'll find a way to, for you to pay them back. And sometimes what we pay back, what women might be requested to pay back with, money cannot buy. You might think, we might think that, oh, it's just, it's just a short time of pleasure of sex or anything, but are you sure the money he gave you is worth the emotion that went into the sex you just had. So let's not just um, spend time with men, different, different men for what they give. Let's let the right one that we are serious about come and do the knocking, then consequently come and ask for a hand in marriage with special items that our family will request for. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mama Amy. Amen. So we've, we've learned a lot. Amen. We've learned about some of the things we have to look out for when we are going to choose a, a life partner. We've learned about um, when it's the right time to enter into relationship and also the need for um, the men to show some form of commitment when they make up their mind with respect to a particular lady. Amen. Amen. So all too soon, we've come to the end of this particular session. We'll be back, but... We just come to the end of this, this, this session. This is just part one. Amen. We'll come back with part two. Amen. <laughs>
Hallelujah. Amen. So we are back again. Amen. With the bestest couple in town. <laughs> Amen. So we like to invite uh, Daddy and Mommy upstage. Amen. Amen. Give them a round of applause. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So <laughs> um, we are going to look at the story of um, Adam and Eve. Amen. Realize that they are the first um, couple in the Bible. And I mean, they set the stage for all marriages um, in the Bible. So we are going to glean some lessons from them. And we are going to learn some things from them as well. Amen. So we are going to look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 to 25. Amen. That is going to be our theme scripture. Amen. So the message version, it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed, formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each of them. Amen. Amen. So we'll, we'll jump to where he created um, Eve. Sorry. Amen. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. At last, he, the man exclaimed, This one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Realize from the first scripture, the first verse, which is verse 18, he said that then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Amen. It is not good for man to be alone. So I would like to ask daddy and mommy that what's, what is the main purpose for marriage? From, from this um, account. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you very much, Elder Merlin. And once again, we are, we are happy to be back. And uh, I enjoyed the charade. Amen. Amen. They, they did wonderfully well. Let's give them a round of applause. Amen. All right. So, like the Bible says, it's not good for the man to be alone. There's, there's a scripture that says that one will put to flight a thousand, and two will put to flight ten thousand. So, that is in the context also of marriage. It happens in the context of marriage that God has, you, you are good. I mean, there are graces, you are doing a lot of things. But when you get married, when you have your life partner, you'll be able to do, when you'll be able to do more. There'll be an increase in the grace of God upon your life. And the Bible tells us that he that findeth a wife, findeth a good thing, and obtaineth favor from the Lord. What it means is that there's a certain kind of favor that we get from God only when we are married. Amen. So those who are not married as of now, they don't have that kind of favor. Wow. <laughs> It is Amen. when they marry that they'll get that kind of favor. And we want every kind of favor. Amen. You know, so, and then, like the scripture says, it's not good for the man to be alone. So, God created marriage for companionship. Amen. And then God created marriage also for procreation. And then God created marriage also so that the woman would help the man to fulfill the assignments that God has given him. The Bible says that for this cause, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. So it's for a cause, a purpose, a reason. For, there's, so there's a cause, there's a purpose, there's a reason for marriage. So that is, that is why God created marriage, for companionship, for procreation, for the fulfillment of the God-given assignment, also for increased grace in our lives. Amen. Amen. Mama, please, would you want to add anything? Okay. 
Okay. Um, Pastor, we heard you say that um, the woman is supposed to help the man fulfill his vision. So we want to find out that is it always the case that the woman comes to help the man or the woman will also have a vision where the man is also supposed to support her or it's only one-sided? Okay. Maybe um, answer that question. All right. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. All right. So in, in line with your question, when we read the Bible, I'll use the example of Mary and Joseph for this particular question because in that story, it was Mary who had to give birth to Jesus. And Joseph was called as um, a helper in a sense because the baby was God's child. So it's like Mary was carrying a divine assignment or a divine mandate. But God made sure that the person who would, God needed a good father or a good earthly father for Joseph, I mean for Jesus. And he found it in Joseph. So, and the Bible says Joseph was a righteous man. So it's important that sometimes a woman could have a calling. Um, I think there's Joyce Mayer and her husband. Joyce Mayer has a ministry. Her husband is not the frontline minister, but he supports her. And for such relationships, the man has to have a high level of security. And the woman too has to be very submissive. So that it's not all the time, it's not all the time that is like the man has a big calling and a woman supports. There are times that some women have serious callings and God gives them like Joseph's to support that that vision. Yeah. Thank you very much, Mamami, for the clarity. And we hear a lot about submission, submission, the woman has to submit. And sometimes it comes across as um, the man is exercising some dominion or control over the woman and the woman is supposed to cower and I mean anything the man says, she's supposed to go with it. We want to understand what submission means and as women, what, what's expected of us in terms of submission? Now that's a very important question and it's good for us to understand what submission is. Actually, the Bible says submit yourselves one to another. That's Sometimes people just want the other part, <laughs> but it's, we are actually supposed to submit ourselves one to another. And the place of women in submission, submission doesn't mean subservient or it doesn't mean weakness. It's just the order of how things are. So for instance, there's a reason why our eyes are above our nose and our noses are above <laughs> our mouth. Like imagine if you're eating pepper and your nose. I mean, I don't know, but just the whole order. If your, if your mouth was here, it means every time you eat, it could enter your eyes. I don't even want to think about how disorderly it would look. But really, there's, it's just the place of order. And I always tell ladies that God has made the men the head. But actually, we are the neck. Who? You are the neck. You control where the head should be. So if you are a stiff-necked woman, like you decide that you submit. So it's just the flexibility of, so you are the neck and you are controlling. But if you decide that I won't let you move, <laughs> I mean the whole body is actually going to be stiff. So how are we relating this in reality? Now God has made, God, that is the order God made, it, that the man should be the head and the woman should, should submit. 
the reason why sometimes it's a problem is because there are many women who are doing the roles of men. So, I mean, how, how do you tell a, a lady who is also the breadwinner of the family, she goes to work, whether she goes to the market, whether she goes to the office, earns the money, comes back, cooks the food, and in the night, come and lie down and have sex. Like, that one is hard. But if the man is doing his part, and even the one supporting and giving her capital, he can ask her anything and she'll do it. So the, the reason why submission becomes a problem is when the men are also not playing their parts in loving and providing and being the head of the home. But when the men take their places, I believe it will be easier for the all ladies. Don't you agree? That's true. Very true. It will be easier for the women to flow as well. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mama Amy. I believe we've, we've learned that submission is not about being subservient, but it's about being, um, how do I put it, being obedient, being willing. I mean, as she said, we are the neck. So it's, if you decide to be stiff-necked, the man also cannot move. Amen. So we must flow. Amen. 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 So we realize from the scripture that says that this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. So we want to ask pastor, what does this leaving mean? Does it mean that you abandon your mother and your father? Or what does it mean in practicality in terms of a man leaving his father and his mother? Amen. Uh, thank you very much, Mary, for the question. So, of course, it says for this question, a man leaves his father and mother. But the woman also leaves the father and mother. So both of them leave father and mother and then they are joined together and they become one flesh. And I would say that it refers to the, a physical living. There's a physical living. There's an emotional living. There's a financial living. There's, um, yes, physical, emotional, financial living. So it doesn't mean that they, they abandon their parents. But sometimes physically they have to live in the sense of live under the shelter of their parents. Or if they were, most of us, we grew up staying with our parents or our family or, or our guardian. But it's a good thing when somebody's getting married, the person... A man and a woman, they have to live where they are staying and get their own apartment, get somewhere where they can stay. So there has to be that physical living. And then emotional living also. We know that many guys are attached to their mothers. And we know that many, many, um, many ladies also are attached to their fathers. But when in the area of marriage or in the context of marriage, the, the, the spouse must receive your highest emotional attachment and affection so a man when a man is going to get married his when he gets married his attachment and affection to the wife must be more than the mother and then when the woman also gets married her attachment emotional attachment to the husband must be more than the father so that's it so they must live in a way so previously it would have been the father or the mother but now when they are going to get married it must there must be some kind of living and then the connection must now be established with the spouse. Then okay. financial living also. Um, that's where I said earlier on that, you know, before one enters marriage, the person should be able to take care of himself and herself financially. You know, so the person must be able to now provide for himself and then for the spouse and the family also. So that's, that's the separation that, or the living that the Bible says, for this cause shall a man and woman leave the father and mother and then cleave to their wife. Amen.
Amen. So there's a living and there's a cleaving. Amen. <laughs> living of the parents and cleaving onto the spouse. Amen. So as much as possible, there shouldn't be interferences from parents and all that. Amen. 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 So Mamaimi realized that um, after he after they said, okay, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother. Now it said that now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. Amen. They were both naked, but they felt no shame. So we want to find out that um, what does this mean in, in um, practicality? That, okay, so when they get married, it means that they can be naked and feel no shame. Or what, what, what does it mean? Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. So naked and unashamed is all about honesty and transparency. Now, this is the person you are going to spend the rest of your life with. And it's important to be open about your past. It's important to be open about your hopes and your plans. There are many people that they, are spouse, they, they pretend, like they keep a face, you know. And it's important that in a relationship, you, your, your partner should know what makes you angry. I mean, how long can you... Just to win the person, you just um, pretend as if you are cool with it. But maybe you, are, you don't like it. So if, for instance, the person likes eating out a lot, but sometimes you want home-cooked food, okay, how long will you... Maybe because you are going out, you do it. But when you marry and she tells you that she doesn't feel like cooking, you have trained her that you always go out, you always go out, you always go out, and now you are telling her that... Now you are married, so now be cooking. <laughs> so in a way, it's good to just be, be transparent. If you have your, um, there should be financial transparency. Um, your spouse or your partner should know the work you do. Because sometimes people don't, if they have an idea the work you do, they won't make some demands they, they make. But they don't know the work they are doing. And every time, maybe the guy will go out of his way to outdo, like, give the girl so many things she asked for this to give her but then you are concerned considering what you are doing there's no way you can keep it up so just let her know that this is my this is the job i do so that she has an idea i'm not saying name your salary in every relationship but let the person know that this is this is me okay this is my family this is my mother this is my father Th these are my siblings i have a brother or a sister who, you know, some people even have a situation where there's a, um, a disease or maybe there's um, a family member who has a certain condition. Don't hide it from the relationship. Otherwise, the person will be surprised, like out of nowhere. If the person really loves you, the person will know all those things and still stay. If the person leaves, then it means the person was not supposed to be with you in the first place. So it's naked and unashamed. Um, in reality means honesty and transparency. Now, in terms of the physique, some ladies, I mean, for how long can you wear corsets just to show the guy that you have a tiny waist? <laughs> you know? They have to know that you have, you are, you are a human being. You have scars. In You have scars. It's not every time you wear things um, to... to to look a certain way. Let the person know that this is, this is me. Maybe he should know that you are, this is your best size. If he doesn't like it, you can't go and pump it. 
<laughs> you get it. Because many women give themselves pressure because of the men. It's like the man, the man wants a fair-skinned lady. So then she wants... I just saw a certain TikTok video. The lady had actually gone to bleach her, And the guy left her for a chocolate-skinned girl. And she, now she doesn't know what to do. Because the sad thing is that you can always become whiter, but you can't become dark, you see. So, I mean, we should not give ourselves unnecessary pressure. Amen. Let's be real. This is me. I am plus size. Do you love me? This is my height. Do you like it? This is my color. This is me. All right. So that's about naked wow. and high. Wow. 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 <laughs> Amami, we thank you so much because um, out there, there's this misconception that, I mean, Men shouldn't disclose, I mean, how much they are earning to their wives. Shouldn't know, I mean, what, how much they make and all that kind of thing. And I, I believe that what you said has enlightened us to know that, I mean, as the Bible said, they were both naked and they were not ashamed. So we should be able to open up to each other about everything. And I, I, I believe that when a relationship is built, is built on transparency, I mean, it's, it's long-lasting. Amen. It's long-lasting. It's more solid. It's more, I mean, effective. Amen. Amen. So, okay. And also, even in that, you can talk about with counseling. This one, you have to seek counsel to do it well, to um, communicate previous relationships with your, with your partner. Let a person know. And this one, I'm saying with counseling because some people might not be able to manage it, but test the waters. But let the person know that this was, so that nobody comes back to blackmail you in the relationship. So let the person, and even when you're in a relationship and a certain girl or another lady or another guy is giving attention, let your partner know that this girl at my workplace or this girl, I hope nobody does that in church, but... Really, sometimes it happens. Like, let the person know that there's this girl who has been giving me attention. So, I'm going here. Please go with me. I just want her to know that um, I have a beloved. Or if it's a guy, the guys, let the, the ladies to let the guys. Sometimes, it's not easy, but let the guy know that somebody, there's this man. He has a cow. He has a Benz. And he's after me. <laughs> but you are the one I love. Wow. <laughs> but you are the one I love. You know, so that the man doesn't feel insecure. That's very true. Very true. <laughs> the man doesn't feel insecure. All right. And knows that you love him as he is. Thank Amen. Thank you so much. Pastor, please, you have anything to add? Oh, Last I thank God words. For, I thank yes. God for all that um, Mama Amy has shared. And uh, I think that I would encourage all of us to go back and to read the scriptures. And then um, the scriptures, what we've read from Genesis 24 and then Genesis 2, they would help us to make right decision so that we don't uh, mess up in our lives. We only have one life to live. And so the choices that we make are very important, particularly in the area of relationship and marriage. And God wants us to live pure lives. And God wants the best for us in terms of our marriage. But it also depends upon us. So as we go by these scriptural principles, we'll be able to have a glorious marriage. Amen. Amen. I believe we've all learned something. And I know that with all these they may seem very little, but they are very, very important and very essential. So I want all of us to hold it dear, hold it close to our chest and meditate on these words and apply them in our lives. When we are going to choose a life partner, look out for the things Pastor said. Look out for the things Mama Amy said. 
if we are going ahead to get married in marriage, look at some of the things that have been discussed here. And I believe that we'll all have successful relationships and successful marriages. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. I believe it's been a wonderful day. Hallelujah. I'm sure some of us are expecting more charades. Amen. But we, we can't keep everyone here for like too long. So we, we've, we are almost wrapping up. We've come to the end of today's program. Amen. But I believe that we've really learned a lot. And like um, Daddy also mentioned that um, in the choice of a relationship and marriage, in choosing who you want to be in a relationship and then also marriage, it's really, really important. There are so many things to think about, to take into consideration. Hallelujah. Because marriage is for a purpose. Amen. And I think with all what um, our Daddy and our Mommy have shared with us, they are so gold. They are wisdom. They are, they are gold nuggets. They are things that when you go by, you, you can't fail. Amen. And then this was live streamed. So in case we want to go back to listen again, please, you can just ask for the link from maybe the media. Amen. Hallelujah. So please, we'll call on our daddy. Amen. Give the Lord a clap, our friend. Somebody give the Lord a shout. Oh, wave your hands to the Lord and celebrate the goodness of our, God, of our God. Celebrate the mercy, the faithfulness of our God. Thank the Lord. Today is Valentine. Amen. Sorry, tomorrow is Valentine, but we are having our Valentine service today. Amen. I want you to just thank God for the loved ones in your life. Amen. Thank God. It could be your parents. It could be your brothers, your siblings, your beloved, your spouse. Thank God for their lives. Many I want you to know that the proof that you love somebody is that you pray for the person. If you say you love someone, you pray for the person. Maybe you love someone, but you've not prayed for the person. But right now, you are having that opportunity. Mention that person by name. Mention your brother, your sister, your child, your children, your parents. Even your, your boss at work. Someone who has been good to you. Someone who has been gracious to you. Someone who has been loving. Someone who has helped you. I want you to thank God for the person's life and pray and commit the person into God's hands. Pray that the person will do well. It will be well with the person this year. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for our loved ones. Lord, we pray for your protection over them. We pray your preservation over them. We pray your peace over them. We pray your keeping power over them. In the name of Jesus Christ. May we live to see better days. May we experience health and prosperity for ourselves and our loved ones. In Jesus' name have we prayed. And all the saints shall say, Amen. Give the Lord another clap, of friend. Hallelujah. We'll be closing. I just have a few things to share with us. And then we close. Matthew 26, verse 6 to 13. Matthew chapter 26, verse 6 to 13. The Bible says that, Meanwhile, using the New Living Translation, Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume and poured it over his head. 
Matthew 26, verse 6 to 13. And poured it over his head. The disciples were indignant when they saw this. What a waste, they said. It could have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, replied, Why criticize this woman for doing such a good thing to me? Alright. Why criticize this woman for doing such a good thing to me? In the next verse. You always have the poor among you, but you not always have me. Verse 12. She has poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's remembered and discussed. Amen. There's a scripture that, you know, it's a powerful scripture. And uh, as we are talking about Valentine, and we are talking about the one I love, the theme for this service is the one I love. As a person, you, who is the one you love? Wow. Tell to another person, another person, who is the one you love? Tell someone, tell me the name of the one you love. Song of Songs chapter 3 verse 4. Song of Songs chapter 3 verse 4. That's a scripture for this for this service. Song of Songs. That's not Song of Songs chapter 3 verse 4. Alright. Oh, give, me, give me a message. Uh, is that NLT? Alright, give me NLT. Then scarce me had I left them when I found my love. Wow. I found my love. Okay, I think NIV says NIV. I don't know that we have NIV. We have NIV. Alright, give me NIV. NIV says, I have found the one my soul loves. I have found the one my soul loves. Amen. Other person, have you found the one your soul loves? Can you another person? Other person, have you found the one your soul loves? Hallelujah. Amen. But today I want to introduce you to Jesus Christ. That Jesus must be the one that your soul loves. You must love Jesus above every other person. I'll say it and I'll say it always. I love Jesus more than my wife. I loved Jesus before I met my wife. After meeting her, I continued to love Jesus before her. Amen. You must love Jesus before your husband or your wife. Hallelujah. And in this scripture, we see the woman, she brought expensive perfume to Jesus and poured it on Jesus' head. It was very expensive and I believe that it typifies her love for Jesus. How much she loved Jesus. And because of her love for Jesus, she was able to, if I may say, waste on Jesus. So, the lesson I want to leave us with is that if we truly love Jesus, we'll give Jesus our time. If we truly love Jesus, there are three things that if we love Jesus, we'll give Jesus our time, we'll give Jesus our resources or our money, and we'll give Jesus our strength. Amen. When you love someone, you like to spend time with a person, isn't it? You like to, when, when you love someone, you're able to talk free night all through the night with a person, isn't it? Wow. Are you able to talk all night with Jesus? Are you able to wake up early in the morning to talk to Jesus? To read his word. And that's a challenge I want to, that's what I want to give to us. That as we love Jesus, let us give our time to Jesus. And then the scripture also says that she brought an expensive 
perfume or ointment to Jesus. So if we love Jesus, we'll be ready to give Jesus our money and our resources. Amen. So learn to give to the work of God. Learn to give. When you are giving to the work of God, you are giving to the things of God. It's actually an expression of your love to God. When you are giving your tithe, you are giving your offerings, your first fruit, don't think that you are giving it to the church or giving it to somebody. But see that you are giving it because you love God. That is why you should be given. Because you love God. And he says that word. And I'm saying we should love the Lord with our strength also. So decide to give your strength, your energy to God. To serve in the house of God. Give your strength to work in the house of God. So that the kingdom of God shall grow. Amen. Hallelujah. I want all of us to close our eyes. I want to pray. You are here and you want to renew your love with Jesus. Or your love for Jesus. You want to tell Jesus that, just see, I want to pant after you. I want to love you more. I want to, I want to experience more of your love. I want you to lift up your hands so that I pray with you. I want to tell Jesus that, Jesus, I want more of you. I want more of you. I, I want a choir to help me sing this song. Simply devoted to you, oh Lord. to you oh Lord lift up your hands I lose my life to follow you if you know how to sing that song you can sing it this life that I live is not I that lives for me to live as Somebody sing it to the Lord. Worship the Lord. right now in Jesus name this year 2022 you will hunger for you will hunger for God you thirst after God you long for God in the name of the Lord Jesus this life that I live is not I 
Jesus name that may the Lord reveal himself unto you may the Lord show himself unto you may the Lord cause you to experience his love may the Lord cause you to know more and more in this year may you see the Lord more clearly may you love him more dearly may you follow him more nearly may you lay your all on the altar in the name of Jesus all the vain things that charm you that take away your attention from Christ may they be consumed by the fire of God may you be made pure may you be sanctified may you be refined that you can offer sacrifice acceptable to God in righteousness oh what God is asking is your heart God is asking for your heart give him your heart give him your heart give him your heart and as you give the Lord your heart God will honor you God will be glorified in your life in Jesus mighty name I want to pray for people there's anyone here that you have you have experienced a broken heart I want to pray for you that may you receive healing in Jesus name may the Lord heal every broken heart may the Lord comfort every heart may you experience the comfort of God may you have the peace of God I pray for any relationship that has been strained may the peace of God come into that relationship in Jesus name I pray for every marriage that is going through difficulty that is going through storms oh experience the grace of God may you experience the grace of God may you experience the peace of God in the name of Jesus I pray for anyone that feels like you are you are in a wrong relationship I pray that may the Lord deliver you in Jesus name may the Lord deliver you from wrong relationships may the Lord bring the right person to you in Jesus name may the Lord bring the right person to you in the name of Jesus the Lord empower you to walk in righteousness in the mighty name of Jesus oh receive the mark of beauty that is what I hear in my spirit receive the mark of beauty receive the mark of beauty receive the mark of beauty may God honor you in Jesus name may God honor you in Jesus name may God be glorified in your life in Jesus name Father we thank you we celebrate you we appreciate you in Jesus name have we prayed and all that saints shall say amen somebody give the Lord a clap offering as you take your seats hallelujah